0: You're listening to the audio ministries of First Baptist Church of Troy, Texas. You're invited to join us for live and in-person morning worship every Sunday morning at 1045 a.m. Visit fbctroytx.org for a list of our activity times and family-centered community ministries. Now here's today's message. Let me remind you also our Christmas Eve service uh, and uh, that we will be uh, having on the 24th at 6 p.m. Uh, go about forty-five minutes as we look at uh, the coming of our Lord, the reason He came, and we'll have the Lord's Supper. It's always a great time, so put that on your plans. Uh, uh, again, bring your family, even if they say, "Man, I, I didn't bring anything to wear." That's okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, just come. Uh, you know, I've heard people too. Let me just for those of you on live stream. I just. Y'all don't have to pay attention to this, okay? Those of you on live stream that are saying, man, I can't come to church because I got nothing to wear, put on some jeans and a t-shirt and come on, okay? We're here to worship the Lord. We're not here to worship the way you dress. So you just come on, okay? Now then, y'all can start listening again, all right? Okay, there you go. Okay, we're going to continue in our series, uh, our Christmas series of Christmas For one, for all. And so if you will, go ahead and you'll turn to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. We'll be looking at verses 5 through 9. If you remember last week we were in Isaiah uh, 49. We're just going to back up a little bit here. Isaiah 42 uh, verses 5 through 9. Verses 5 through 9 of Isaiah chapter 42. How I many you have got all your Christmas gifts bought? Oh boy, some of y'all are in trouble. It's, just, uh, it's coming. Uh, do like me, give an IOU. It'll work out somewhere down the line. Isaiah chapter 42. We look at verses 5 through 9. This is what God Yahweh says, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and life to those who walk on it. I, Yahweh, have called you for a righteous purpose. Now, most of you in your translations, you is capitalized, right? Okay, so remember that. Verse six, again, I, Yahweh, have called you for a righteous purpose and I will hold you by your hand. I will keep you and appoint you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the nations in order to open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those sitting in darkness from the prison house. I am Yahweh. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or praise to idols. The past events have indeed happened. Now I declare new events. I announce them to you before they occur. As we continue in our Christmas series, uh, uh, again, that we started last week, we're looking at why Jesus came. Why he came. And again i think as i stated last week i think we sometimes we get so caught up in the celebration of his birth and the happiness and the merriment and all that that is wrapped around christmas that we forget the reason that jesus came he came because of us because of our sin because of our eternal destiny if he had not come and that would have been a place Called hell Jesus came with a purpose and that purpose was you and that purpose was me that purpose was the world now last week we looked at a conversation between God the Father and God the Son today uh, again we're back in Isaiah and we're going to look at another conversation Again, this conversation between God the Father and God the Son happened before baby Jesus was ever born. It happened before he was even conceived. It happened before he was laid in the manger in Bethlehem. Because Jesus is who? Y'all didn't sound certain about that. We'll try that again. Jesus is who? God. He is God. And God has always been and God will always be. So Jesus has always been. He is God. He is part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. So he has always been. And so we're seeing a conversation between two of the Trinity right here. Again, you notice I said, notice in your translations, in most of your translations, you is capitalized. The Y and U is capitalized. That is a sign of deity god the father god yahweh is talking to someone of deity and the only one that can be in the in this conversation that we're seeing here is jesus god the son god the father wants i believe he wants to make sure we know who is sending jesus jesus is not being sent by an angel He's not being sent by anyone or anything that has ever been created. He's not being sent by one of the gods that man had made. He is being sent by the one who created the sun, the moon, the stars, everything in the universe. He's being sent by the one who created from just his voice. The earth and the continents and the the oceans. He's being sent by the one who created all things. He's being sent by the one who sustains life. He is being sent by the true God, Yahweh. And folks, these words that we are reading here are words of authority. What God Had created the world to be a a sinless paradise. Where he and man could walk hand in hand. Day in and day out in perfect harmony. Had been ruined. Had been destroyed by the sin of mankind. And the problem is. As man could not repair the damage he had done. He couldn't repair the damage that he had done because of his sin. Only God the creator could do that. And to do that. He would have to send his one and only son Jesus now in this conversation that we just read we hear the purpose of the birth of the coming of Jesus first to be a covenant to be a covenant if you look in let me find it here again. I got out of the way from you. If you look in the last part of verse, verse six, I will keep you and appoint you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the nations. A covenant. This servant, Jesus, was to be God's covenant with mankind. He would be the fulfillment of God's promise of sending a deliverer for mankind right after the fall of man. I mean, God made a promise. As soon as Adam and Eve, they sinned, God, when he confronted them, and then he confronted Satan, he made a promise to send someone that would deliver Adam and Eve. This is the first in Genesis, the first thing that we see of Jesus. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. That he there that is being talked about is Jesus. That the, the, uh, some of your versions have enmity or hostility as mine has it. This is Jesus. This is the foretelling right after the fall of man, right after the first sin of man, of God saying, I got a plan. And that plan is going to be Jesus. And then God makes a, a covenant between himself and Abraham and Abraham's descendants. And also in Genesis God talking to Abraham here. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now notice there that God's blessings here to Abraham, right, His blessings to Abraham were going to be for one for Abraham and through Abraham they were going to be for all the peoples on the earth Jesus was how the peoples on the earth were going to be blessed how they were going to be blessed through Abraham as Jesus was in the line of who Abraham who's in the line of Abraham and so now in Isaiah we're told that the servant Jesus would be appointed as a covenant for the people. Now it's real interesting this terminology that is used here suggests that this servant is going to be the personification or the embodiment of the covenant. In other words, get this. This this servant Jesus, Jesus the son of God, the becomes the vehicle in which the peoples of the earth will establish a covenant relationship with God. That's what this is saying. In fact, there is no other way to have a covenant relationship with God. Other than through who? Jesus. Sound familiar to you? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except Through me. That's what Jesus said in John 14, 6. Jesus is God's covenant. Jesus is God's promise to you. Jesus is God's promise to mankind that he was going to do something about the fall, about man's sin. And through him, through Jesus, we find blessings and we find peace with God. To be a covenant was a purpose of his coming. So that not only you, but all who would accept him might have peace with God and know the blessings of God. And and the blessings of God is this it's the forgiveness of sin and the one day of being with him in eternity. So Jesus came to be a covenant. In this conversation, we hear the purpose of the birth of Jesus, and that is to be a light. To be a light. In that last part of six, he said, and a light to the nations. That he was to be a light to the nations. Now the Jews thought that the Abrahamic covenant, the covenant that we, we saw just a little while ago up there, was only for them. We are the children of Abraham. And they thought that, that that was only for them. And they ignored that last part of what uh, that verse said that uh, all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. They forgot that part. They thought, oh, this is just for us. They thought that God only wanted to bless Israel and and the covenant, again, was only for them. But yet God, in that verse that we saw, that Abrahamic covenant, tells them that his love just isn't for them. He, He doesn't just desire to bless the Israelites. And he said that his servant Jesus, right here in Isaiah, was to be a light to the nations. The nations. I remember watching an old Western movie years ago. I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember the name of it. I really don't remember who was in it. It was an old Western. And and there some of these old miners, they got caught in a mine. And it caved in. And, and the rescuers were all trying to dig through and get to them. And the miners were in. And I didn't understand. They were in complete darkness. But on TV, you could see them talking to one another. But they were talking about how dark it was. And they couldn't see anything, you know. And... And so there they are, and they're about to die. They'd been in there for some days, and they were out of food, and there was no water, and they had given up hope. And all of a sudden, one of the miners, one of these guys, looked up, and there was a pinhole of light starting to come through and starting to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And it was the rescue people on the other side digging through. And, And one of these miners yelled out, We're saved, we're saved. And the rescuer on the other side of of that mind, those that were digging through, yelled in through the hole, come to the light and you'll be rescued. Come to the light and you'll be rescued. Folks, the same thing is true spiritually with Jesus. Come to the light and you'll be rescued. And notice that Jesus was not a light to only one nation, the nation of Israel, like the nation of Israel liked to think they were. No, Jesus was a light to all nations, to all people groups, to all nationalities, to all races, male, female, young, old. Jesus is God's light to all people who are caught in the darkness of sin. Jesus is is God's light to all people to light the way To salvation come to the light and you'll be rescued the light of Jesus dispels the darkness of sin life was in him and that life was the light of men that light shines in the darkness yet the darkness did not overcome it it's what John says about Jesus Maybe some of you also saw a uh, documentary that was on a little while back. That person received an eye transplant. They were blind. They'd been born blind. And they were going to do an eye transplant on this person. And their hopes was that they would be able to see again. And the cameras were there as they were taking the bandage off this person's eye. And that person, their eye was squinted, And you could just see them just barely starting to open it. And their first words were this. I see light. I see light. After living in darkness, their blindness was gone. And the proof of it was light. Jesus lights the way out of sin and despair that you find yourself in. Jesus lights the way out of a life of hopelessness. He brings light to those who, who are blinded in sin. He is more powerful than any darkness of sin. I don't care what the sin in your life is, He is more powerful than it. And He'll overcome it if you'll just let Him in your, in your life, if you'll just come to the light. He is the light to overcome the darkness of sin in the life of an individual and in the lives of everyone in the world because the light of Jesus is for one and it's for all. In this conversation, we we hear the purpose of the birth of the coming of Jesus and that is to be a deliverer, to be a deliverer, It says, I will keep you and appoint you to be a covenant for all the nations and the light to the na- uh, to, for the covenant for the people and the light to the nations in order to open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those sitting in darkness from the prison house. He brings out prisoners from the dungeon, from those sitting in the darkness of the prison house. And folks, this somewhat deals with our previous point, but it also deals with deliverance. The purpose of Jesus' coming was to deliver mankind from their sin. Now, as I looked at this and the the dungeon and the prison that that is being spoken of here is not literal. It's not literal. There's really no indication that the Israelites uh, as a whole were ever in prison during the Babylonian exile in which this was written. This time period of this was written. In fact, none of the prophets that I could find uh, wrote during this time period about that happening, Uh, whether it be Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Ezra. They never portrayed the Israelites living in dungeons, the people as a whole living in dungeons. So what we have here is a metaphor, a metaphor of God's deliverance of people from the prison of spiritual darkness, uh, uh, of ignorance, spiritual ignorance, how he's delivering them through the work of his servant jesus you see someone had to deliver mankind from the prison of sin from the dungeon of darkness prisoners can't free themselves they can't free themselves you can ask steve cannon those guys in the prison there at bell county they can't free themselves they're depending upon someone else to free them i read a story about the American army releasing the Jews that had been put into the concentration camps uh, by the Nazis in the Second World War. And one of the Jewish prisoners said this, our situation was hopeless as we could do nothing on our own. Then the Americans came and delivered us to freedom. Delivered us to freedom. Folks, what the American soldiers did for those Jews in that concentration camp, Jesus did to, for us on a spiritual level. Those who are chained in the darkness of, uh, in the dungeons of darkness of sin cannot release themselves. You can't save yourself from your sins because you're a sinner. It has to be someone who knows no sin to save you from sin. Someone Who's outside of the prison and the dungeon doors has to open the doors and unlock the bonds that that hold that prisoner so that they can go to freedom. And these prisoners of sin needed that. That's you and me. We needed someone to free us from our sin, to deliver us from the consequences, the eternal consequences of our sin. We needed a deliverer. We needed a savior. And Jesus is that deliverer. In fact, he's the only one who can deliver mankind from the prison, from the bonds of sin. Ephesians says this, we have redemption in him through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And then John writes this: He says, Therefore, if the Son sets you free, you really will be what? Free. And then first John. He himself, this is speaking of Jesus, is the propitiation of For our sins and not only for ours, but notice this next part, but also for those of the what? Whole world. Jesus was, is, and always will be the only hope that you and I have that the world has to be delivered from the bonds and eternal consequences of sin. And as that verse in 1 John said, Jesus didn't come just to satisfy uh, the punishment required for sin on the cross for just one person. He would have if only one person needed Him. But He did so for the whole world. That's why Jesus came. He came to deliver mankind from the eternal consequences of sin. A place called hell. He came so that no one hear me no one has to go there no one has to go to hell he paid the price on the cross for the sins of the world and folks no one has an excuse for not being with him in the glories of heaven the people in hell are there now because they refuse to recognize and to accept Jesus And what he came to do on that Christmas morning 2,000 years ago to deliver them from their sins by dying on the cross for them people go to hell by their own choosing not by God's Christmas and the cross are proof of that God doesn't want anyone to perish that's what Christmas is all about Jesus came to not only be your deliverer but also The world's deliverer. Jesus came to be a deliverer for the world. But the question is. Is he yours? Is he your personal deliverer? Have you ever accepted him. As your Lord and Savior. Because you see he came for one. You. and He came for all. The world. This conversation in. In heaven. That we looked at. Tells us a lot about the heart of God for mankind. It tells us about his love for us. We see his love for us as individuals and for the whole world. Again, as I said last week and I just said just a little while ago, if you had been the only one who needed a Savior, you were the only one caught in sin, Jesus would have come and died just for you. That's how much he loves you. he doesn't want you to go to a place called hell and he came and he died for you and the whole world. Before God the Son ever came as a baby that first Christmas morning, his purpose was already determined. the cross Was his future. He knew what he had to do. In order for mankind. To have the hope of salvation. So he came. He came as God's covenant. He came as God's light. He came. As God's deliverer. And Folks that's what Christmas. Is all about. For one. And for all. Let me ask you to bow your heads in prayer. Jesus Christ came for you. For you. That's what Christmas is all about. And I hope as we go through this series that when Christmas comes, you will celebrate it even more than what you do when you realize what it's really about. Christmas is about God loving you so much he doesn't want you to spend an eternity in a place called hell. Christmas is about God sending his one and only son so that anyone who accepts him as Lord and Savior will not perish but have everlasting life. That's what Christmas is all about. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you do so? When you see how much love that he has for you, what he's done for you, all you have to do is, it's a very simple prayer that you pray. Just pray something like this, Lord Jesus, today I'm asking you to come into my heart. Today I'm wanting you to be my Lord and Savior. Today I am giving myself to you. And I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins. Today, I'm trusting in you for my salvation and my eternity. If you'll pray a prayer or something like that, I promise you, according to God's word, you will be saved. And as I always say, if you say, well, I didn't get all the words, that's Okay. It's whether or not you mean it or not. You can pray that prayer every day, all day long and never mean it and you will not be saved. You've got to mean it. So if you pray something like that and you mean it in your heart, I promise you, God's salvation. Dear Christian friend, let me ask you a question. As you've been living life, have you been living life as one who's been saved by Jesus? Or have you been living life like the rest of the world that doesn't know the salvation of Jesus. Maybe you might need to come up to this altar. And just bend your knee. And rededicate your life. Recommit your life to him. And realizing what all he did for you. Maybe you're here today. And you need a church home. And the Lord says man this is the place I want you to be. We invite you to come. During this invitation time also. And just say hey this is a place. I want to become a part of. All I know is this. God has a decision for folks in this place. It's either salvation, and for folks listening to us on live stream, it's either salvation, it's a recommittal of life. Again, it may be being a part of this church, or it may be you need to go tell somebody about this Jesus that you've been putting off. What is it that God wants you to do? Do it for him. After all, look at what he did for you. Father God, as we come to this time of invitation, this is your invitation to us. This is not my invitation to the folks here in the sanctuary or those listening to us on live stream. This isn't, uh, this isn't uh, the invitation of First Baptist Church Troy to folks. Lord, this is your invitation. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would find open hearts. And that, Father, we would say yes to you and what you're asking us to do, whatever it might be. So, Father, fill this place with your Spirit. Speak to us. And I thank you for what you're going to do in christ's name i pray amen we'd like to personally thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear our latest message do us a favor and send an email to outreach at fbctroytx.org to let us know that you heard us and what you thought of the message remember to visit fBCtroytx.org tx.org to learn more about how we support our local community again thank you for listening